0: So this is kind of different, right? We're doing Facebook Live this morning for our services. Hey, we've been praying for you guys, and we are... um we're just excited to be together and it doesn't matter that we're not physically together but we're together in our hearts and our spirits and we're going to sync up and just spend some time worshiping and then we're going to have a word and we're just um we're just believing you know we were praying this week and one of the words that God gave was the word mobilize. Yeah. And I feel like you know it's just it's the time for us to be the church the church isn't a building the church is us. And so um, uh, if you want to stand in your house, go for it. Uh, You know, it can be kind of weird if you're by yourself in your living room, but you're not alone. Nobody stands alone at Grace Church. We're together and we are going to spend some time worshiping. So uh, let's do that. Does that sound good? Lord Jesus, we are here to worship you. God, we invite you to come and have your way. Lord Jesus, you are here. You are here in this place. Jesus, God, we love you. God, we uh, quiet our hearts. Lord Jesus, I ask that your Holy Spirit would come. God, that your peace would reign supreme in our hearts, God. God, for every person that's watching or is going to watch, Lord God, we ask that in this exact moment, Lord Jesus, you would meet them in a powerful way. Lord Jesus, we contend for healing. God, we say that we will, in the face of um, uncertainty, we will declare that you reign. Lord God, that you reign, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. sun is shining here. God, shine on our hearts, Lord God. We worship you, Jesus.
1: Let's sing this next song together. no turn it forward, you turn it forward. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it (laughs) Oh, <laughs>
2: be the name of the Lord. God, we are grateful this morning, God. We are so grateful that we don't have to be in a building, God, to experience your presence, to be in your presence. But Lord, this morning, we get to worship you right where we're at. God, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, and we bless your holy name. We bless your holy name. Thank you, Lord the church says amen. 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 Well, so good to be with you all this morning, wherever you're at. Welcome to Grace Church at home. This is a little different for each one of us, but we are not going to let anything that's happening in our world stop us from worshiping our God, from continuing to hear his word, from continuing to gather together. I'm reminded of what it must have been like. Back in the day, right? When there was no church buildings, but people would gather in their homes just like this. Just like this. We get to do this. It is such a great opportunity. And we want to make sure that we're taking time every week to not not neglect the things of the Lord. And that means even in our giving, even in our offering, just because we're not in the building doesn't mean that we're going to let go of the way that we continue to worship God. And if you are part of Grace Church, then you know that we worship God through our giving. We continue to trust God with what we have. And in this time, it can seem a little scary. But more now than ever, we need to trust God. So we want to encourage you to keep on worshiping through your giving. You can do that online. You can come by the church this week. The office will be still be open Monday, Tuesday through Thursday, 9 to 2. So you can come. In fact, if you want to come and you want some prayer, we're here to pray with you. You're going to continue to hear this, but whatever we can do to continue to stay connected, we're going to do. So your pastoral staff is here for you. We're not, we're not stopping now. We're going to get going like never before and continue, continue to seek the Lord. He is doing something in the midst of all of this. So grab your Bibles, grab your notebooks. We're going to get ready to hear the Word of God this morning.
3: She's amazing. She's great. Hey, everybody. If you're in your living room right now or gathering together around a screen somewhere, we want to just give you a big shout out right now that you're joining us live this morning. Thank you for joining us at Church Home Sunday service. Uh, I don't know. This, is, this feels different, but it feels good. It feels good. I know some of you are even watching and interacting with us right now. Um, thank you for doing that. Some of you will be watching the recording later, but I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your week to, to just pause and engage with us in a time of worship and a time of being encouraged by the Word of God. I mean, that's really what this is all about. But for many of us, this is quite a different experience. But our prayer and our hope is that this experience, though it's different, it's not a lesser experience than what we're used to experiencing when we've gathered together in our building because we know that god is not uh restricted we know that god is limitless god can can uh meet us wherever we're at that's the kind of god that we serve even though we miss your your smiling faces we miss uh getting hugs and high fives and handshakes uh we're hoping that this doesn't last too long because we know that that's that's really what we what we enjoy when we come together but until then, my hope and my prayer, our hopes and our prayers is that, um, you know, maybe if you have room in your space, maybe you can invite two or three people to come gather with you on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and, and just engage with us, be part of this with us. Um, we would love to have you do that, help you, help you be part of that. We know many of you guys are doing that right now, so um, so open up your home, invite a few people in, um, but we also know that there's people that right now, this is... This is quite a time for them. They're they're desperately in need of hope. They're desperately in need of knowing what to do. And so maybe there's people who are not part of our church yet, but they nef- definitely need to be part of a gathering like this. So um, I just think that he, with everything going on, let's let's begin with just opening our hearts and, and going to the Lord with prayer. We believe God wants to respond to us as we seek him. So let's pray. Join me as we pray. Father, we, we just pray right now. We lift up all those, God, that are that are sick and infected with this virus, Lord, we pray for a healing over them. God, we also pray for protection over those that are vulnerable right now, God, because of their immune systems or, or because of other sicknesses, Lord, and we pray a protection over them. God, we pray that your peace would prevail over fear. God, we pray, God, of those that may feel that way today, God, that they would sense a peace, even right now, over this opportunity to be engaged with this, this service online, God, that they would actually feel a tangible peace. Yeah. God, we pray, God, for those affected financially over this. Mm -hmm. God, we know there's people right now that um, are laid off of work or their hours are cut and they're wondering and they're worried, and we pray, God, that you would provide every need. God, we pray for the medical teams that are caring for the sick. We pray for covering over them, that you would protect them and their health and give them strength and energy to do all that they can do to care for those that you put before them. And God, we also ask for extra grace for our communities, God, as we navigate this together. Keep us united. Keep us together. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, what a week we've had. (laughs) I felt like last week when we got together. Our instructions were uh, giving people some instructions on how to properly wash their hands. Uh, we told people that if they were not feeling well, that they had our permission uh, and grace to stay home and to stay away from large crowds. I mean, that's, that was the thing that we said last week. And then as we got into the week, a lot's changed. A lot's changed. It went from a yellow caution flag to now a red alert. You know, we heard of people getting sick, and in our our own region, our own county, we heard of more cases of people getting sick. We saw airlines um, be restricted in how they fly and where they fly. Uh, The big one for me was the sporting leagues that decided to (laughs) suspend their their whole year. I mean, that that was big time. Then many of us were affected by this one, where schools around the nation were closing. And then on Wednesday, our governor, Governor Inslee initiated a prohibition of large gatherings of 250 people in order to not overwhelm the state's medical resources. And even though this felt like another blow of bad news to us, um, we felt like we were wanting to comply with that because we really wanted to support all of our medical teams and our medical staff and all the medical care communities that are doing everything they can to care for the sick among us in our community, and and we want to be part of that. But obviously, this put a big hurdle in front of us, a big hurdle to continue to do church the way we're used to doing church. But it forced us to think differently. It forced us to, to try something new. And I just think we're so blessed, Grace Church, to have a tech team that could could pull this off that can put things together and and just in a matter of days we 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 tried to create a platform so that we can continue to do church though it may be different i believe that god is still going to bless and we're going to see a lot of fruit come out of of this time i mean i'm thinking about all the churches all over the nation that are right now doing this type of thing but that we're saturating social media we're saturating the internet with the gospel message so i'm excited for that i believe god is doing something big but until then, until this changes and we can gather back together, this will be our platform. This is the way we're going to connect and, and receive. And I think God's going to do amazing things. So be ready. Be ready. But I think that um, in light of all that, because our life has drastically changed a lot in the last several days, I think in light of all that, I think many of us are coming to a time right now to think, how do we respond? How do, how do we do this? How, how, what are we supposed to do? I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty in regards to how long will this last and um, wondering what is going to be the lasting impression or the lasting impact that this situation will have in our country and around the world. You know, there's a many opinions out there. There's, there's a lot of a lot of people giving you their opinions. There's a lot of things out there of how we ought to respond. And there are some of us and there's some people that, are very dismissive on this whole situation. They, they look at it as a distraction from uh, the big issues, the real issues. They think that this is just a major inconvenience for their life, and it's not really a national crisis. But then there's others, especially in our community, that are fearful, they're anxious, they're, they're overwhelmed by it all. And I, I think that maybe if you're like me, you might have felt both of those feelings this week. <laughs> But here's the thing. There, there's no right way or wrong way to feel about this. But there is a right way and a wrong way on how to respond to this. In fact, those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, the Word of God instructs us on how we ought to respond to moments like this. We, are, we ought to respond in worship and prayer, not panic and fear. Yeah. Yeah. The Word tells us this in Philippians chapter 4, verses 4. It says this, it says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your heart and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That is the word for us. That's how we ought to respond. And we got to remember that these words, these words were written by the Apostle Paul, a man who was acquainted with grief. He He was a man who knew suffering. He knew hardships. In fact, this exact writing was actually written in a Roman prison, a prison because He was in prison because he was preaching the gospel. Now, we can understand somebody being punished for something wrong that they have done, but this guy, he was doing everything right, and he was being punished. I mean, that right there can rattle us, can't it? Yet, we see the opposite in Paul. It actually looks like his faith was strengthened during this time. Not only that, but he encourages the church and all the believers with this message, and the message is this. Is that as a follower of Jesus we can rejoice in all circumstances yeah. why because we serve a mighty God who can turn a big obstacle and he can turn it around for a great opportunity yeah. a great opportunity to glorify God a great opportunity to to uh, to have people hear the message I mean that's what I see today is that this is a great opportunity for people who may not step in a church but they're gonna hear the message yeah. The opportunity for God to bless others through us. You know, I've heard stories already about how many of you are doing that. How many of you are blessing people. You're rallying together in a time like this. In a time of uncertainty, you guys are coming together. And I love that. We're, we're hearing stories all the time throughout this week of, of you caring for other people. In, in tangible ways. In practical ways. I heard that you're taking care of each other's kids. You're dropping off meals or groceries to those who are in need. Those who are not able to go out in public you are there to assist them and to care for them and check in on them. Some of you are even sharing toilet paper, which is pretty pretty cool. (laughs) And those are many reasons on why we should be rejoicing. That's why Paul says you should always be full of joy in the Lord. Let's not forget that we serve a God who makes a way when there is no way. I mean, that right there, to me, is a reason to rejoice today because we know that even when there is no way, God can make a way. We rejoice that God is a God who never fails. But I'll tell you what, this kind of faith, it's not easy to have. It really is not. I mean, it's one of those things where we all say we want it, but it's hard for us to live this out. And the reason why is because this causes us some inconvenience at times. It will require us to step out of our comfort zone. It will, it will, it will cause us to stretch our faith. Yeah. Now, I know that some of you, when you heard that term, stretch your faith, it made you cringe a bit because you know that, that when your faith is stretched, it's a little bit painful. It's a little bit painful because you know what that's going to require. You know that when you have to walk through a situation like this, you really feel like things are out of your control. It's a place where you need a miracle. It's a place where you have to fully rely on God. Again, like I said, this is a place where we all feel like we want to be, but it's hard to be in that when it's a day that calls for it. But I'm thankful that the Bible tells us that we're not alone in this journey. In fact, there's many times in the Bible when Jesus was with his disciples, and there was moments where God was wanting to stretch their faith, and so they had to fully rely on him they had to fully let go of control and yet Jesus gently patiently with full of grace walked them through it. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that that's the lesson he wants us to learn today through this time. I think the Lord is wanting to stretch our faith in moments like this because he knows that it's in these moments that that our faith is actually built. Yeah. Our faith is given us the capacity that we need to move forward. So this morning's passage, I, I just want to give you a, a passage. And this is a passage that I picked that I think that would be great for families to do together. So there's going to be some, some material sent to you, some, some resources sent to you, so that you can talk more with your family at home about this. But this is a story that many of us are familiar with. And the reason why I say that is because this is a story that's in all four Gospels. All four Gospels. This is a story that, that is about a miracle and beyond uh, after the re- or. Sorry, this is live isn 't it there 's no cut there 's no edit in this. Oh my goodness, but this is a miracle that that happened in all four gospels it 's a feeding of the five thousand I mean many of us have heard this one before, and uh, this morning i 'm going to read it out of the account of of John, so you can go to your Bibles, turn to your Bibles, flip to them, scroll to them. John chapter six, starting in verse one, it says, after that. After what, you might be thinking? Well, what you have to understand is that in this moment, Jesus was at the peak of his popularity. He's been traveling for days, and everywhere Jesus went, every city, every town that he went into, there was hundreds of thousands of people waiting for him because they heard about the miracles. They heard about him healing the blind, healing the sick. I mean, big things were happening in Jesus' ministry at this time. And so everywhere Jesus went, people wanted just to hear him teach wanted to see who he was. This meant that there was some long and exhausting days for Jesus and his disciples. Now, the other gospels tells tells us that on top of all this, Jesus hears some news, some bad news. He hears that his cousin, John the Baptist, is is executed by King Herod. And so Jesus mourns that. And and he does what he does, uh, always does, when he feels overwhelmed in life. He pulls away from the crowd to get alone with the Father. That's what he does. That's how he responded. And so he's trying to do just that. So that's really the setup of this text. And it says that Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. It says a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because he saw his miraculous signs that that he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. Now I want you to just imagine for this moment that there's this ginormous crowd. I mean, the Bible says that there was 5,000 men and some historians and scholars say that 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 was just the men. There was women and children in this crowd. So this crowd could have been around 20,000 people. Can you imagine 20,000 people? Here's the thing. The Tacoma Dome has a capacity of 20,000 people. So imagine the Tacoma Dome being full of people. That was the size of the crowd, right? I mean, that's big today. Can you imagine in first century Palestine how big that crowd would have been? And you have 13 men up on a hill overlooking this massive crowd that is looking for them. I mean, I don't know about you, but that's a bit scary to me. That's a bit overwhelming, to say the least. So that's what's happening here. Verse 4 says, And nearly the, it was nearly the time of the Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw the crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asks, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? Where can we find bread to feed all these people? I mean, you could imagine that, that hearing that question from Jesus, I mean, that must uh, have uh, freaked these disciples out. <laughs> seeing this massive crowd and Jesus turns to them, I mean, what kind of question is that? I mean, are you serious, Jesus? Uh, do you see what we're seeing? You've got to be kidding I mean, they were not only miles from the nearest market, but what would be the cost of that? I mean, wow. I know the cost of just trying to feed my five members of my family. I mean, <laughs> that, that costs a lot. You can imagine the cost of trying to feed this crowd. But you'll see, you'll see that the disciples thought these thoughts. They They didn't understand. They didn't understand how to respond to this overwhelming situation. But when we read this, the real question or the right question we ought to ask is, what kind of God is this? What kind of God is this? Well, let me tell you what kind of God this is. It's the kind of God that puts others' needs before his own. It's the kind of God that that after a long day of traveling and after a long week of serving and teaching people, he still doesn't turn the crowd away, the crowd who desperately seeks him. Even in the midst of his mourning, he still can look at this crowd with eyes of compassion. That's the kind of God. Have you realized that that's the same God that is with us this week? He's the God that's with us today. Here, here's the big idea for, this day, for today in this message is that when the, God, when the disciples saw an obstacle, Jesus saw an opportunity. Wow. This is what he says. The next verse he says, He was testing Philip. He already knew what he was going to do. That's huge right there. We need to understand that Jesus already knew the solution before the disciples even knew there was a problem. Wow, that even happens in live Facebook Live church, right? <laughs> but I love that Jesus brings the disciples into His plan. Yeah. And I believe that He still does that today. Yeah, amen. You know, all of us were caught unaware of how big this 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 problem was with this virus spreading. Mm-hmm. You know, we could have never imagined how this was going to transpire. Yet I'm fully convinced that even though we were caught off guard, we have to understand that God wasn't. He saw this and he knew and he had a plan. And what we can pull from this story is that God doesn't see obstacles, he only sees opportunities. And I'm fully convinced that there are people here today that are people watching, people during this season right now that maybe haven't prayed in a long time and yet God's going to lead them to know him. Through their simple prayer of saying, God, what do I do? God, what do I do? Not only that, but I also believe that God can turn this around. God didn't cause this, but God can turn it around for our good. In fact, I believe that God has been preparing doctors. I think he's been preparing nurses. He's preparing uh, scientists. He's been preparing government officials. He's even prepared pastors for this moment to learn how to lead well during this time. God seeing this. He knew that this day would come. Yet he was not caught off guard. Amen. And this morning, we can rejoice in the sovereignty of God. Now, this, this, this is very an interesting uh, passage because it says this. It says that he, he turned and he was testing Philip. He was testing Philip. Now, when we see that word test, we, we often think of a pass or fail test. Wow. But that's not what this means. This word means to be proven and to refine. So Jesus was taking this overwhelming situation. He was, he was taking this moment in their, in their lives and he was using it to refine their faith. And I believe that that's what the Lord does best. He walks us through situations where our faith is proven, where our faith needs to be refined. He wants to take us to a place where we have to really settle that question in our hearts is will we still trust him even if it feels like we're in an impossible situation? Wow. And for many of us, it's beyond the virus. It's other areas in our lives. In the next verse, it says this in verse 7. He says, Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Another gospel account says that the disciples tried to tell Jesus, we, we want you to turn this crowd away. We don't want to deal with this now. Like, send them home. Let, let, let's, let's take care of ourselves. Let's, let's find some food for us, not try to provide food for them. Isn't it interesting that when we feel stretched in our faith, we always look inward instead of looking outward? Wow. See, everyone else saw an obstacle, but then what we read in the story is that there was one that saw an opportunity. Let's keep reading. Verse 8, it says, Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. He said, There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is it with this huge crowd? Now, I'm sure that there was many others that day. I mean, you're talking about a massive crowd. I'm sure there was more people who had some food. And they were hoarding it, holding it back. But yet, one saw an opportunity. It happened to be the one that was probably overlooked in the crowd. This young boy who was close enough to Jesus to put his faith and his trust in Jesus. And he decided to give all that he had in order to be part of a miracle, in order to be part of the solution. It wasn't much, but let me tell you, with Jesus, it was enough. It was plenty for Jesus to use. Friends, my hope and my prayer has been all week that as followers of Jesus is that we would take these type of opportunities in our world, opportunities to step up and step out and do what we can do, even if it might feel small with this massive problem. But I'm telling you that when we trust Lord in it, when God is, is going to use us through it, He can do way more than we could ever imagine. Now, many of us are very familiar with this story, and we know how this story ends. We've heard it many times, and we know what happens next, but I want you to not go past this moment of being in awe of this great miracle. I mean, this miracle was massive. It's so massive that it's in every gospel. Like, it's worth mentioning. That means that in the story of Jesus, anytime the story, the gospel of Jesus, is preached anywhere, this story has to be included. Yeah. Because there's a lot in this story. See, what I love about this particular miracle, what makes this unique with all the other miracles, is that every person in this story participated in the miracle. What I mean by that is that every person got to touch this miracle, got to be part of this miracle as they were sharing the food, as they were eating this food, they got to taste this miracle, they got to interact with this miracle, they experienced this miracle firsthand, all 20,013 of them. All because one saw an opportunity where others saw an obstacle. I believe that Jesus can still touch lives. Thousands of lives through one act of obedience. Through one act of generosity. Through one word of encouragement. So my question for us as a church community, Grace Church, will you be that one this week? Because I believe there's going to be plenty of opportunities in our lives. I think God's going to show up in ways that we, we were not expecting. And he might put us in situations where we might feel like they're overwhelming, that they're impossible. But I want you to know that you trust a God that works in the impossible. Wow. Wow. Let, let's keep reading on, on, on this, and, and I'll, I'll kind of wrap this up here. It says this, this. Jesus says, this is how Jesus responded to this. He says, tell everyone to sit down. So they all sat down on grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the piece and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. Now all this happened. I mean, this is an amazing moment. But all this happened because a boy, one person, saw what Jesus saw. See, when you look at the world today, when you're looking at the news, when you're you're looking wherever God places you, when you see what's happening in our country, especially during this time with this virus, are you seeing it all as an obstacle to try to get over? Or are you seeing it as an opportunity to get into? An opportunity to serve, to give towards those in need. An opportunity to spend quality time with your family. An opportunity to experience the presence of God in a new way, in a new space. Trust me when I say this, God is not into waste. God does not waste time, and he does not waste opportunities, so neither should we. I'll, I want to read these couple verses one more time. It says, in verse 12, he says this, he says, After everyone was full, I mean, everyone was so full, That they had to gather all these leftovers. So Jesus turns to his disciples and he says that he didn't want to see anything wasted. So he told the disciples to pick up every piece left over. And all the pieces added up to 12 full baskets. 12 full baskets. Here's my final thought. Is that the disciples ate last, but the disciples left with the most. This is more of the stretching. These guys were exhausted. Exhausted. These guys, these guys were so tired and I'm sure they were very hungry. Yet Jesus asked them one more time to do something that's going to stretch them even more. Jesus tells them, go and clean up. <laughs> clean up after this crowd. I mean, can you imagine cleaning up? I mean, I've been to many sporting events when I'm leaving and I feel so bad for all the people to have to clean up the bleachers. I mean, this was that. I mean, can you imagine uh, just seeing what this crowd left? Yet Jesus says, will you go now and clean? They're tired, they're hungry, they're exhausted. But but something in them, I'm not sure what they thought. The Bible doesn't tell us what they thought or even what they said. It just told us what they did. And what did they do? They acted out in obedience to Jesus' instructions. Why? Because Jesus was still doing another miracle here. And that miracle needed to remind these disciples that he was ultimately their provider. See, oftentimes when Jesus asks us to trust him, to give, to to serve, to wait, it feels like we're out giving him, doesn't it? I mean, it makes us feel like like we're the ones that are, are having to give a little bit more. And we're tempted to think, what about me? What about me? But God wants to remind us that he takes care of those who trust him. He takes care of those who wait on him. He takes care of those who put others first. And for some, that, I don't know what that means for you. I, I don't know what God's going to do in your life where you might feel like, God, you're stretching me in a place where I, I'm not comfortable. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit painful. I'll tell you, he's just setting you up. He's just, he's just doing something in your life that you've been asking him to do, but he's doing it this way Will you trust him in that way. Now, I know that for some of us, this might be a lonely time. You might find yourself alone a lot. Because it's not wise for you to be around a lot of people. But I want to tell you, you need to not see that as an obstacle, but you need to see that as an opportunity. For you to be alone with Jesus. Maybe it's been a while. Maybe, maybe you need to take this time to get rid of the distractions that we normally have. And you can spend more time with God. Maybe you can write cards. Maybe you can send messages. Maybe you can encourage people. Like you haven't had time to do before, but now you do. You might have to try something new. And I'm telling you, new opportunities provide new areas of growth. But the main thing for all of us today is to, to ask ourselves and say, God, will you help me to see these opportunities? I know that many of you are watching from home today. and You may have heard this story many times. Or maybe this is the first time you've ever heard this story. And I think that you need to know that there's a God that loves you god who cares for you that he cares for you in your physical need and your spiritual need and that's what this story really really is about is that we serve a god who cares about both and he will provide for both i mean this story was written thousands of years ago but it was given to us today to remind ourselves that he's the god that can do the impossible he's the god who provides he is a god that is the bread of life Now this week, I want to encourage you by, 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 by standing with you right now in faith for whatever you're needing, whatever you're trusting God with that, we're going to stand with you in a few minutes. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray with you that God will provide those, those needs, whether it's healing, physical healing, or whether it's provision and financially or whatever it is, we're going to stand together. We're going to believe that God is going to do it. We trust him. But if you're watching this with your family, I want to give you a couple of questions. And maybe this is something that you can discuss. Maybe if you're online right now, maybe you could interact with each other and talk and discuss this question together. But the first question is this. Is what has God given me that he wants to multiply during this time? I believe that God wants to do that for every one of us during this season. Every one of us has something to give. you don't know what that is maybe you begin with asking that as a prayer this morning god what is it What, what can i give and the second question is this are you finding yourself like philip and the other disciples that are getting a little grumpy because of the chaos because of the inconvenience i mean if we're honest maybe we felt that way this week maybe we felt that sense yeah, we need to ask the Lord this morning and say, Lord, help us see the way you see. Wow. And let me tell you, if you want to change how you see, if you want to see how God sees, it starts with your heart. Yeah. It begins with asking God, change my heart. Yeah. And how does he change our hearts? Well, here's how he does it in a practical way. This is how we can begin that process of allowing God to change our hearts. we got to do what Jesus did. What did Jesus do? How did he model it for us? He gave thanks for what he had. He took what he had. He took what was given to him, and he. The Bible says that he took it, and he blessed it. He blessed it. He gave thanks for the fish and the bread that was given to him. Now let's be real. Maybe this week we walked into the stores and we saw bare shelves. Maybe we were reaching for something or needed something and it wasn't there. It wasn't available. And, and, and that got us upset and frustrated but I want to ask you even in the midst of that I want to tell you that you probably have more than most wow. and maybe we start this heart change by, by looking at what we have and being thankful for that and not cursing it but blessing it because we know the God that provides I mean if he provided food for 20,000 people with a couple of fish and some bread then we serve a God that can stretch whatever we have and make it last to however long this thing is going to take. We have to build our faith on the Word of God, and that's what the Word of God says. So can we do that? Can we, can we begin by just thanking God for what we have, what we have been given? And not only that, but ask for ways and opportunities to share what we've been given. To really not hoard it for ourselves, but to say, hey, I'm going to freely give. I'm going to give for those that are in need. Can we pray? Can you join us as we pray? Let's all pray and ask the Lord to search our hearts here. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, first off, for the abundance that we have in you, God. The abundance, both spiritually, God, the, the many blessings that you put on our lives. Help us to be good stewards of all of it. Also, God, help us to be generous with what we have. Generous enough to know when we see needs, we freely give, God. We give joyfully because we know that that's how you give. That's in your nature, God. Help us with that, with those opportunities, God. And today, God, we pray for all the doctors and the nurses and the health administrators, God, that are in the front lines of this, that are being impacted the most by this, God, we ask that you cover them, that you provide for them. We thank you for these government officials, God, and, and, and all the, our country's leaders, God, that are trying to work through this, trying to provide a cure and, and, and health and, and medicine, God. We pray for wisdom and guidance as they work towards stopping the spread of this virus. Lord, we also ask you to strengthen us, to keep us healthy, Lord, we lift up those who have been affected by this virus, God. And we ask you to heal them in Jesus' name. We also pray for the, for the families who did lose a loved one through this, God. We pray that you give them comfort and peace today. We also pray, God, for those that are walking through a difficult time right now. You know exactly where they're at. We ask you that you cover their hearts and give them peace. We ask, God, that you provide a miracle for them. God, if that takes us to be part of that, God, we're saying yes and amen to that. May our hearts be turned towards those around us, God. Lord, help us not to miss out on any opportunities this week. Opportunities to shine for you, God. Opportunities to represent you, your heart, your character, everywhere we go. God, give us the grace, God. We love you, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being part of this. Uh, we're going to send out some resources to you so that you could do this with your family and, and, and share this message and review this scripture with your kids. But we're so thankful that you're here. Uh, please continue checking in with Facebook and our website. We're going to keep updates as often as we can. Uh, but just keep us in prayer. We love you. And we'll hope to see you next week at the same time.
1: Love you, Love see you soon! <laughs>